Hello and welcome to the Football in Oceania podcast. On this podcast, we aim to bring you insight and views from the people who do everything to make the beautiful game run in Oceania. I'm your host, Ola Birkwall, and in a moment, you'll hear our chat I had with Jess Ibram. Jess is the former technical director of the Cook Islands Football Association and has worked with Wellington Phoenix, the OFC, and New Zealand Football. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let's just start at the beginning. How did you get into Oceania to begin with? You're from the UK, as I understand it, and I can hear. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, um, really by chance that an opportunity came up in April 2011, and I was identified um, by an academy in the South Island of New Zealand to come over and be high-performance coach for this elite football academy who worked very closely with Chelsea Football Club. So that's really where my um, pathway started uh, into the Oceania region was with the Asia-Pacific Football Academy, uh, who, again, worked very, very closely with Chelsea Football Club at the time. What do you do for them, then, as high-performance manager? What does that job entail? Yeah, so I worked directly under the director of football at the time and the academy we worked um, to identify and recruit elite level footballers, youth footballers um, from throughout the Oceania region and beyond Southeast Asia, Latin America as well. So my role primarily was to actively go to these countries, identify these players with the director of football, recruit these players back to New Zealand and then work very, very hard to develop these players onto a pathway which would hopefully be professional and international football. Do you have any success stories from that that we can hear about? Anything anyone you might know of? Yeah, yeah, there's been quite a few who, um, you know, spent a portion of their time at the academy. Um, I'd say there was Bill Tuoloma, who plays for the New Zealand national team, and he also plays for Portland Timbers. Um, there was other players such as Cameron Howson, who went on and played uh, for Burnley, uh, signing when they were in the Premier League, um, when they just got promoted, I believe. And uh, now he's back playing for Auckland City. Um, so, yeah, there's been numerous um, players that have gone on and played at the highest level. Uh, Kip Colvey as well went and played for New Zealand, the Confederations Cup and also the Colorado Rapids in, in the MLS. So yeah, there's been a lot of really, really good examples of players going on to have successful careers in a game. You previously worked with the Cook Islands as a technical director, which is, I assume, where most of our listeners will know you from. Uh, How did you get that job? Yeah, that was interesting because uh, once I'd left the academy in the southern part of New Zealand, I um, then moved with the academy to the Wellington Phoenix in the Australian Hyundai A-League. And my role as head coach of the academy um, was to develop the academy and establish the academy for the club. And then the opportunity really came out of the blue after I'd left the Wellington Phoenix to 
um, yeah, go over to the Cook Islands as technical director. So a recommendation was made and um, very, very quickly um, found myself and my wife. Um, we were in the Cook Islands um, ready to go back in 2016. So what did you do in that job? What was a normal day like in the Cook Islands technical director? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very, very busy. Um, I had many different um, programs that I was running at the time um, under the guidance of Oceana Football and FIFA as well. Really, um, the president brought me in to develop national academies and run that parallel to the coach education framework, which was in the Cook Islands. So, um, you know, most of my role really was working with uh, national academy players to develop national academies in the Cook Islands on the main island of Rarotonga, um, which we were successful in doing, as well as developing local coaches to coach within these academies and take on future national teams that align to future Oceania um, tournaments. So, yeah, and there was a lot of recruitment as well, talent identification, um, not just on the main island, but throughout the other islands within the Cook Islands. So, yeah, it was it was a very, very busy period. What's what was the the drive, if you will, from the locals there? Is is football really big in Cook Islands? Did they wanna learn how to coach? Did they wanna learn how to play football? Yeah, I mean, definitely. There's many challenges, as there is in a number of the countries within the Oceania region. Each country is going through their different um, challenges on a day-to-day basis. Um, huge potential. You because the population is so small. I mean, on the main island. It's around 14,000 people, um, and the islands are spread out across a geographical radius of Western Europe. So it's gigantic in terms of ocean span of island to island. And But very much from the local coaches, they want to see the game develop. Um, you are competing with other sports, such as netball, such as rugby, and you always have to be aware of that in terms of managing the yearly schedule of activities. So there wasn't too much overlaps, because if there was then invariably would end up with you having lesser players for the National Academy program or the domestic competition because, you know, they could be playing in another sport. Um, But there was a number of really, really good um, examples of local coaches who committed to developing themselves, um, gaining their coaching licences and really, really being part of the game, uh, not just for when I was there, but for the longer term as well. Did you have any coaching with the youth national teams, for example? Did you go in any of the tournaments that happened when you were there? Yeah, very fortunate. Um, I travelled to a few tournaments as a technical advisor. Um, So pre-tournament, I'd work with the national coaches to prepare those players for the competition. Uh, Back in 2016, we went with the under-20s and we went to Luganville, Vanuatu. And we played against New Zealand, Tahiti and Solomon Islands. And then in 2017, went with uh, the under-17 women's national team to Apia in Samoa. And we were very fortunate. We beat Tonga. We beat American Samoa. Uh, Then we lost to Fiji and New Zealand. But we qualified for the semi-final of the Oceania preliminary competition, which they'd never done in their history. So for a small country like the Cook Islands... That was a real, real success story and and really showed that with good preparation, um, with good people in a good environment, you can, you know, you can achieve a level of success. The women's game in 
Cook Islands is quite strong. They have quite a decent senior side. Uh, do you think the women's game is something they're going to try and really focus on? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I left the Cook Islands uh, March 2017, sorry, to March 2018, so a while back now, a year ago. And I know they've recruited a uh, national coach from Holland, who I know you're aware of, um, and she, she looks very, very reputable. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the women's game in the country is going to really accelerate. There is more of an interest, uh, I'd say, on the women's side. And there's some, you know, really strong footballers with, with good potential in the Cook Islands itself. So as long as they have good preparation, I can't see why they can't be successful on the international stage. And then, uh, obviously, I don't know how much you deal with the men's senior side, but the, how much of a struggle is it to, to get anything going for them? Because they never, that's the big talking point with the smaller nations is they never play friendlies. Why, why doesn't that happen? Do you have any answer to that? Yeah, big, big challenges there. I mean, I know if, when I was there, we didn't have an all uh, men's fixture while I was there. Um, and the last one I had, I believe, was in 2015. And you're right, to really accelerate um, development in these smaller countries, they need to have regular competition. Um, so I understand there could be some big changes in the Oceania region in terms of there will be more competitions. I know there's obviously the Pacific Games coming up this year. Um, but they really, really do need it, yeah. And you know, not just Cook Islands, but uh, you know, a lot of the other countries within the region, and even New Zealand, you know, which is the powerhouse within Oceania, um, they lack games at the international level. So there's a whole raft of reasons to it. Um, the competition calendar, financially, is it is it doable for that country to go and have an international fixture at that time? Um, so yeah, there's some big, big challenges. But I, you know, I know of late there's been you know, a bit of a shift, a bit of a change. I know that obviously, I believe the Solomon Islands have got Chinese Taipei just uh, coming up. Uh, so, and I think they might have even been invited to that tournament in uh, Malaysia. So that's really going to help their their long-term development as well. You said you left in about a year ago now. Why did you leave? Is it just you had enough, it's time to move on kind of thing? or? No, actually, it was for personal reasons in the end. Um, so, I mean, we, my wife actually was with me in the Cook Islands, and we just, um, yeah, we just felt that um, it was time to go back to uh, New Zealand. That's just where my wife's from, and just be closest to the family as well, really. So, um, you know, and it was a fantastic time in the Cook Islands. It really, really was. I was treated so well. Um, but yeah, it was just just the timing really just just works quite well for us to be back in New Zealand. So yeah, and I guess that kind of is the problem for these smaller nations. You see it with the Felipe Vega Arango. He's also going back home now. That you get people who come in for a, a cycle, let's say four years or so, and then they leave again, and then you kind of start all over again. I think they they should try to find someone locally who could do the job as well as foreigners but then again that's the problem to develop those guys who can stay there for basically forever yeah i completely agree completely agree i mean i, I know felipe um very well as one of one of one of my good friends within the within the region and um it is there's, there's a bit of a turnover cycle of um technical directors in the region where really it's two two and a half years and then they move on and then somebody else 
comes in. You just hope with the work that you're able to implement within that country that it's taken on to a degree whereby, you know, there is a succession plan in place. And, you know, I know that's happened in, in the Cook Islands. It might not be at the same level. It might just be operating now in a different way. But there was something that was created. And then obviously, you know, you need good people to come in who, you know, are going to carry that work and take it forward. And, you know, with the local people really buying into it, which, you know, it, it does happen quite a lot in the countries and in this region. Yesterday, a news broke that the, the Cook Islands football president, Lee Harmon, has been suspended for three months for resale of 2018 FIFA World Cup tickets. Now I'm not going to ask you to comment on that because obviously you haven't been there for a while. And but what what were your thoughts on Lee Harmon when you worked with him as a person? As how was he to work with? Fantastic to me. Um, really, really was. Re- wanted to see the game develop. Uh, wanted to see the game kick on. Um, he only ever supported me and my wife to make sure that we were very well settled in the Cook Islands. And, yeah, he did. He gave me the opportunity to really, really grow the national academies. And that's really why he brought me in. Um, you know, part of, you know, part of my role was to do that. Um, so, no, you know, Mr. Harmon, you know, I still call him that, um, you know, or president. He, um, he, he really, really done well for, for myself. And, um, yeah, you know, it was uh, challenging but enjoyable um, relationship all the time. Uh, so let's get back to that. You mentioned you were academy director or academy head coach at Wellington Phoenix. Uh, what was that like doing running it or being at a professional football club? Yeah, again, challenges in a different way. It was great to be around a full-time professional academy. At the time, we had Ernie Merrick, who's now at Newcastle Jets, um, who was very, very open to academy players coming up to the first team, trained with the first team. Um, and it was challenging in a sense because we did have an elite group of players um, at the time that we had to really, really work hard to challenge their, you know, and maximise their level of development. And it, it was difficult in that respect. But in terms of being around an, you know, an A-league club, um, was outstanding, you know. And we had some really, really, um, you know, outstanding prospects that filtered their way through into the first team and obviously in the first team you've got some you know you've got some big players like Roy Karishna who's obviously a Fiji international footballer as well who's just gone on and done phenomenally well so no it was fantastic to be around a professional club and be in that environment every day um, you know it was a really really good time yeah really enjoyed it now I snooped on your website a bit and it says you were at Houston Dynamo what did you do there? Yeah, so back in 2013, I was actually seconded there by the head of youth development to really go over there and and look at developing a residential elite football academy for the Houston Dynamo. And so my time was spent um, really putting a case study together to see if the club were in a position to operate this academy. And also then I worked with all the different academy age groups, Most of my time was with the under-13 group, and I was also with the under-18s. We went on tour. We went down to Mexico. We played Chivas Guadalajara, um, and then we traveled throughout the U.S. to numerous different tournaments, the Dallas Cup, and played other MLS Academy teams. And then I finished my time with Houston by going down to Mexico for around about 
four months and uh, really recruiting players, uh, academy players who could um, progress their way into the Houston Dynamo Academy. So, yeah, I've spent a bit, quite a bit of time in the US at different points. Um, and again, di- different culture of football, um, but really, really um, exciting to be around at the time. And obviously the MLS now is just um, flying. It really, really is. It is. It's been it's grown rapidly the last few years. But uh, yeah, you were at Chelsea as well. You mentioned uh, what you do at Chelsea. That's that's a big club to say the least. Yeah. So really, the the, the relationship was around um, when we was in the South Island, of New Zealand. We worked in association with Chelsea Football Club, and we would share intellectual property at different points. We would have coaches come over. Um, so we had numerous coaches come over and work with the players, we would be in a position to um, send players to Chelsea on professional trials as well. As well as myself and the director of football, we had the opportunity to go into Chelsea and spend time with the club. And you go into the inner domain of a top elite level professional football club in Europe and very outstanding. The relationship was brilliant, very, very strong. I've still got good friends there as well now. Uh, and at different points when I'm back in the UK, I'll you know try my best to pop into the club. So yeah, no, it was a really really fruitful relationship. It worked really really well. Yes, that's great to hear. Uh, so uh, you've been to the Cook Islands, you've been to Chelsea, you've been to Houston Dynamo, you've been to Wellington Phoenix. What are you doing now? Actually, I'm now in uh, New Zealand at the moment. I've just been um, involved with a coach education course with New Zealand Football. And so, yeah, really seeing how that seeing how that's going. It's been fantastic to be around uh, the New Zealand Football Federation and their coach education framework. So, um, yeah, doing that at the moment. And then late last year, I just spent um, around about five weeks. I was with a professional club in Mexico, Pachuca, who are probably the top club for youth development in Mexico. And then I finished my trip by spending a bit of time with under 17 national team so yeah i've been busy working on my um uh, individual professional development as well i've been into a couple of camps with the new zealand national teams so yeah if you know if there's football then i'm going to be in and around it so yeah really really having the opportunity to use the time wisely to invest in myself yeah that sounds great so what's uh what's what's next for jess ibram what is it is it another technical director job like the Cook Islands? Is it a coaching job? Is it a head coach job? Do you have anything in sight or are you just taking it as it comes? Um, I mean, you're obviously always on the lookout. It's quite a tough industry because it's so competitive, especially at the sort of elite level. Um, it's really what opportunity comes up, which really fits in terms of good people, good environment. Um, yeah, potentially, you know, I'd look at a technical director position or um, a coaching position. I think you've got to be quite open to that when you work in the football industry. I don't think it's um, as simple to say that, you know, I'm just primarily uh, working within this space. But um, certainly for me, within the elite youth development space, but I'm really enjoying the coach education side of it as well. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, if you used to ask me four years ago that I would have, worked in the Cook Islands and spent, you know, a bit of time in Mexico and the US and New Zealand, then, you know, I wouldn't have seen that coming. But football's like that. It can just change in an instant. You can get a phone call and, you know, you can be on a plane and to a different part of the world very quickly. 
That was my chat with Jess Ibram. For more football news and views from Oceania, you can visit our website, footballoceania.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FTBL underscore Oceania or visit our Facebook page on facebook.com slash football in Oceania. Until next time, goodbye.